1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. He came up with an incredible plan. Give this uh, the effort it takes to beat a team like this. It's just everybody. I think the player of the game for me is Travis Kelsey. Andy Reid looking for his Big Red. former assistant in Philadelphia. Yep, and he's heading back to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years. And a chance to become the first team since New England of 2003 and four to go back to back. And you see there is, what, maybe a second yeah, difference? They, they've got to snap it, but... It's not going to matter. They, they'll just take a snap. One second, two will run off. There's one second differential, and the game's going to end. And there it is. The 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. Should know that Irving likes to make plays like that. Just wasn't aware. Oh, Neil. Maybe getting started for Royce O'Neal made five in the fourth. And they want you to run around and set, set screens and slip for Steph Curry and Klay uh, Thompson. As we see a nice three right there by Roddy. Smith, nice lob, a no-look lob for Hayward. And Eric Polster wants a timeout. That would be a four-on-three advantage for the rest of your teammates. KJ Simpson pulled back three, nothing but the bottom for Simpson. He's got eight. He averages almost 20 a night. 21-3, Colorado. Well, we're six and a half minutes in, and Arizona State has more fouls, four, than they do total points, three. A little short. What'd you do awfully on, my, uh, <laughs> awfully on my putts? Rolls in for Larson. 27 for Pella Larson tonight. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Friday, February 9th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7, Chiefs 49ers, who you got? Today we actually answer the question. Meanwhile, the Suns, did they improve significantly? The NBA trade deadline, did any team make a statement-making uh, move, let's call it that, on Thursday before the deadline? ASU, what could Bobby Hurley do to fix his team? The U of A, what stood out during the thriller at Utah? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, I have the introduction of today's pipeline. 10-15, the final Sports Zone Super Bowl preview. Nate Davis from USA Today scheduled to join us. 10-30, interactive action, 602. 260-1060, also some local roundup, topped by some Suns and Jazz, ASU in Colorado, and the U of A, Utah. Uh, final segment of the Sports Zone will be the national roundup, including the latest line for Super Bowl 58. Rip from the headlines, from the wire, from the scoreboard, whatever I can jam into the final segment of today's show. Then after the sports zone from 11 to 1 o'clock, it's the extra point. 
Hosted by Kayla, that'll include, of course, the Friday spread, brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits in Mesa, plus a Super Bowl prop bet segment with Kyle Sapi of Pro Football Network. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question, or this week's question, has been, and is today, again, who got in the Super Bowl? Kansas City plus two, San Francisco minus two. Uh, that has pretty much been the consensus number for almost two full weeks, so that didn't change this week, except at one prominent place in Las Vegas, which I'll get to later in the hour. Anyway, Kayla has early returns for the results today. San Francisco, minus two, 56% of the vote. Kansas City, plus two, sitting at 44%. Uh, and really, I think the only noteworthy item, at least for me, from Thursday uh, was increased speculation that the Chiefs' Jarek McKinnon, who is an excellent receiver and a more-than-willing pass blocker, he might actually now be activated from injury reserve and play on Sunday. Today's X poll question: Did the forty? Uh, did the excuse me? The uh, Suns improved to the Suns. Remember them? The Suns did they improve significantly before Tuesday's trade deadline? And Kayla helps me out here, and uh, it's the Suns we're talking about here, right, Kayla? Yeah, the Suns, okay. the the team okay. downtown Phoenix. There we go. There we go. Okay. Yeah, them. Yes. Them. All right. Well, the masses, they're on the no side of things at 75% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 25%. And you can cast your vote on the Suns and the trade deadline over on X <laughs> at KDOS AM 1060. Ooh, punch to the face there. Okay. That's, I deserve that. All right. No question that Royce O'Neal makes the Suns better. The Suns also added the likely insignificant David Roddy and lost very little, if anything. The departures are four you know, marginal reserves and three draft picks that are likely close to be worthless in the future, no matter who's picking them, unless it's the Spurs. You know, they could get Manu Ginobili and with the 58th pick or 57th pick or whatever it was at the draft that one year. Meanwhile, the trade deadline had action. On Thursday, 15 teams made a trade and will be uh, 39 players. But according to nearly all the experts, at least on ESPN and NBA Network, uh, the insiders and the experts, there seemingly was no significant difference maker that was included in any of those 15 trades yesterday. Uh, at least as far as the teams that made trades yesterday, the 15 teams. Did any NBA team, in your opinion, make a deep playoff run based on what happened on Thursday? Meanwhile, on the local front, Bobby Hurley's team, whew, ASU is a broken team. They trailed by 21-3 to start the game last night at Colorado. Do not be fooled by the 82-70 final score. The winner was never in question. What should Bobby Hurley try to do to fix ASU, which has now lost five straight and seven of its last eight games? The U of A delivered entertainment last night, winning in triple overtime and uh, beating Utah. Utah had not lost a home game this season until last night. The U of A emerges victorious in triple overtime. Uh, what was the best thing about the U of A triple overtime victory last night at Utah? In addition, all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That's the pipeline for today. We've got all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. 
Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's in the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at x.com slash kdusam1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we have a news update. That'll be followed by a Super Bowl preview. Uh, the uh, fourth of our five segments in this hour about the uh, Super Bowl, previewing the Super Bowl this week. And Nate Davis scheduled to join us in the next segment from USA Today. Also, again, at the bottom of the hour to be phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll get to some local roundup, top by Suns Jazz, ASU Colorado, U of A Utah, some analysis from those three games last night. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD2 100.7. Check out KDUS AM 1060 on 100.7 KSLX HD2. That's right, HD Radio on 100.7 channel number two. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. All right, the Chiefs, they've reached the Super Bowl in four of the last five seasons, yet they're the underdogs on Sunday against the 49ers, who have been favored in every game this season. The 49ers, the first team in seven years to be favored in any game during a season. Uh, we're trying to track down Nate Davis from USA Today. I hope he's running around in Las Vegas or uh, what's going on there, but hopefully we can catch up to Nate. Uh, there's certainly these two teams have reached, uh, they've taken much different paths uh, to reach the Super Bowl. Yeah, the 49ers, they were my pick to win the Super Bowl like in June. I'm not exaggerating there from last year. And, uh, you know, I'm not shied away from that. Maybe I will when we answer the poll question today at 1230. There's a good tease by me. Uh, maybe I will uh, be going against them. Remember back in the, I forgot what year it was, when the Astros and the Dodgers played in the World Series. I mean, I was on the uh, the, the Dodgers the entire season. And when they got to Game 7, and you know, I had to make a pick for Game 7, I picked the Astros. Maybe that will happen today. I'll be in the Niners the entire season. And by the time we get to you know, have to answer the question for the game, I'll be on the other side. We'll see. But anyway, the 49ers, uh, they've been considered certainly an elite team. I, I think it's safe to say the entire season. Even during, uh, well, maybe there was some doubt by some, not my me at that time. Uh, they had the three-game losing streak when Trent Williams and Debo Samuel were both injured. Uh, but the 49ers, you know, they, uh, you know they, they kind of figured it out, needless to say. Once those guys got healthy, they started to roll again. They had the game against Baltimore in which uh, they, you know, some people wanted to throw, you know, Brock Purdy into the bay 
and uh, you know the uh, Bay Area, and never to be seen again. Uh, and the experts, every time that Brock Purdy throws an incomplete pass, they lose their minds. And uh, when he doesn't throw, a, when he throws a good pass or even something off script, it's never his. He never gets the credit for it. But that's just the way that the experts work in the world. Uh, but uh, really, and of course, the Niners did struggle in their two home playoff games. Well, they felt you know, struggled. Maybe is kind of a strong word. They fell behind certainly in both those games. They did not. Uh, they were not as impressive as they have been for the majority of their regular season games, for sure. Meanwhile, the Chiefs, it was a whole different route for them. Uh, I think it's safe to say, uh, I think it's kind to say that they appeared vulnerable during the regular season, uh, but they've certainly been impressive in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they won the home game against Miami in the freezing cold of Kansas City, and then they went to Buffalo and Baltimore, and they were an underdog in both of those games and were able to win those games and clearly were the better team in both of those games. Yeah, maybe the Chiefs actually just kind of cruised through the season. Maybe they held some things back. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of people think that they just kind of, uh, yeah, after Travis Kelsey was injured early in the season, obviously the first week of practice before the very first regular season game, uh, that they just wanted to make sure that he was going to be healthy by the time the postseason hit. Uh, easier for people to say that, I think, at this point because Travis Kelsey has been a reception and touchdown machine in the playoffs after he went nine consecutive games without a touchdown. Uh, but you know, the bottom line is that these two teams took a different route to get to the Super Bowl as far as their regular season and, of course, their postseason. Really different in every way uh, in the regular season for these two teams and different in many ways, if not every way, in the postseason. I think one of the biggest questions about this game is Kyle Shanahan. Um, he's had some bad Super Bowl history, and a lot of it is his fault. Uh, whether it be uh, the blowing of the 28-3 lead when he was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta, and they lost to New England in the Super Bowl in an overtime game. Uh, he made some uh, highly questionable play calls when they had the hefty lead, and they did a really poor job of you know, bleeding the clock some and through, you know, it was the one, there was one drive specifically where they still had the lead that they threw three straight incomplete passes and, you know, took like 20 seconds tops in that uh, you know, drive and gave the New England Patriots more time once they got the ball back. I remember criticizing for that. And obviously, you know, he uh, you know, had, they had the lead the first time they played Kansas City in the Super Bowl four seasons ago and completely spit that away in the fourth quarter. It, it actually is resemb resembles Andy Reid's career before he won a championship with Kansas City. Whether it be Philadelphia or Kansas City, you know, Andy Reid was the guy that was a, you know, regarded as a really good head coach and fell short in the biggest games. Reid got over the hump. What does Shanahan need to do to get over the hump and you know, in these questions for him? What does he need to change? Uh, does he need to change? Maybe his players just need to make better plays. Maybe if Jimmy Garoppolo can throw an accurate pass down the field to a wide-open receiver with a game on the line the first time they play the Chiefs, they, they win that Super Bowl. Uh, I, I'm, in the, I'm, I'm of the belief that, yeah, if you had a different quarterback, you would have won that game. Brock Purdy is now the quarterback, so we'll see how this goes. One of the biggest keys to me for this game on, uh, on Sunday, this upcoming game, 
is Brock Purdy is the most efficient quarterback in the NFL against the Blitz. He's averaged more than 10 yards per attempt against teams that blitz him this year. Steve Spagnola, as we know, Spagnolo is a guy that uh, is a blitzing machine. Didn't have to blitz as much when he was, you know, the defensive coordinator with the Giants because they just had the NASCAR defensive line package and there wasn't really much of a requirement to blitz at that point. Uh, so will Spagnolo, who blitzes from all angles and is blitzed even a higher level in the postseason, the last two weeks at least, than he did during the regular season. He didn't really have to do any blitzing the first game against the Dolphins because Tua was just frozen and he wasn't ever going to make a play. Uh, but the last two weeks, clearly, you know, there's no question that Josh Allen, and especially Lamar Jackson, were highly confused at the defensive looks and the blitzes and where they were coming because they were seemingly coming from different spots all the time. Do they continue to blitz? And does he continue to blitz at the high rate that we have seen him uh, use throughout the majority of his career, definitely in Kansas City? Or because of Purdy's success against the Blitz, do they have to come with uh, some kind of a different scheme, so to speak? I'm sure they'll Blitz some, but maybe a, a, reduced, a reduced Blitz package because San Francisco's been so good. The other thing is, what do they do in the back half of their defense, the Chiefs? You know, the Chiefs play a lot of bad defense. Uh, they want to play man defense. They're really good at playing man defense. They've got corners that can tackle also in space. And that's a huge thing when you're playing San Francisco because Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and also you know, George Kittle are outstanding. And, and McCaffrey, obviously, are excellent after the catch. So do you play man defense against them or do you play more zone? And uh, that's another question I think that uh, certainly has to be asked. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm very curious to see how Kansas City just strategically goes about trying to defend the San Francisco offense. Flip this to the other side. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have a really good history uh, against zone defenses. Most recently, I mean, the Ravens are almost all zone all the time, no matter who they're playing, and that worked really well during the regular season. Obviously, backfired miserably or just failed miserably uh, when they played the NFC Championship, the NFC, excuse me, the NFC Championship game a couple of weeks ago. Mahomes completed his first 11 passes of that game. Uh, so does that scare them off? Do the, uh, do the, uh, you know, do the, you know, what do they, what, you know, how, how do they, how do they basically go, go about this? You know, do this, do the 49ers who play predominant zone defense and almost never blitz because they depend on their front four to get to the quarterback, how do they change or do they change when trying to attack Mahomes and Andy Reid? Probably, I think it's safe to say that the 49ers are not going to be in zone as much. Uh, the, high, the higher percentages that they've had in many of their games this season, uh, that would seem to be a definite uh, prescription to get beat and maybe get beat badly. Uh, so that's another thing to really pay attention to. As far as just an individual matchup, with the uh, you know, back to the San Francisco defense against the 49ers offense for one other thing, is you know Trent Williams is a left tackle. He's really good. You know, the 49ers three-game losing streak. Basically, Trent Williams got hurt in the first series of the game against Cleveland, and they lost the next two weeks when he didn't play. 
Uh, and uh, with him healthy, uh, their offense, as needless to say, been much, uh, you know, they've operated at much higher efficiency during the season than they did at the time that he was out in those three games. And you know, really, that Cleveland game, he tried to come back and did play a little bit, but he was not effective and then missed the next two games. So how do they go about this? Uh, you know, they want to get if they don't blitz. How do they get to the quarterback? How do they get to Purdy? How do they hit Purdy? And that's most likely attacking the right side of the offensive line from the uh, the Forty Niners with McKivitz, who has had he's gotten better, but he's had some not so good moments at the right tackle position. Uh, the Forty ers even sometimes with George Kittle, elect to chip block with the tight end. They've used they use a lot of tight ends no matter what. They use a lot of two tight end sets and use check obviously at fullback is in essence a tight end and then a tremendous pass blocker. So those are also those are just things that I think uh, everybody should be paying attention to while you watch this game on Sunday. Uh, you know, just on each side of the ball. I'll add one more thing here, and uh, we'll get into this even more detail during the extra point hosted by Kale in the next two hours. But special teams is something I talk about with, you know, probably, at least in some people's opinion, too often. Uh, and I don't think you can talk about special teams enough. Uh, something I've talked about long before I was here, 20-some years ago, when I was doing the syndicated show back in the day, uh, and whether I was in Las Vegas or Chicago, I just don't think, especially in these games, and, uh, you know, college bowl games and NFL playoff games, you know, these teams are really good most of the time. At least the good college bowl games, the, the higher profile playoff games, so to speak. Uh, you know, it's amazing how many of those games, Super Bowls, college football playoff games have swung on special teams plays. I think that the Chiefs have a significant advantage in special teams here, not just the kicker. Uh, you know, you know, Moody has been highly inconsistent and seems like he's had a few issues here with the playoff jitters, possibly in the last couple of weeks. Um, and so, you know, the game at Cleveland, he missed the game winning kick there after Purdy drove them down the field to win that game. Uh, but yet Purdy, of course, was the one that took the criticism in that game because he's Brock Purdy. I uh, didn't complete every pass in bad weather. And so, yeah, there you go. But uh, you know, the I think that the 49ers uh, can they, the 49ers mission for this game special teams wise should just be try to hang close and tight and you know don't have a losing play a game losing play on special teams if I'm a 49ers fan if I have a bet on the 49ers uh, in some shape or form I'm rooting for the 49ers I am holding my breath on every special teams playing this game and just hope that they hold their own and don't make the game losing play on special teams. All right. Unfortunately, we weren't able to catch up with Nate. Uh, we'll try to catch up with him at another time, maybe Monday, uh, as we do a Super Bowl analysis during the 10-15 the, uh, segment on Monday's show. All right, coming up next, this gives you extra phone call time. So if you want to jump aboard, whether it's Super Bowl or anything else, the Suns trade deadline, ASU basketball, it seems to be broken. The U of A, an exciting win last night, winning at Utah. Those are some of the things that you might want to discuss. There are a whole lot of other things. The NBA trade deadline in general, 
Did any move to you actually stand out? Do you think there was a, a player that moved yesterday that's actually going to help a team win a championship or get them deeper into the playoffs than you thought before yesterday? Those are some of the topics out there. If something else is on your mind, within the realm of usual discussion here, 602-260-1060. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castle X HD2 100.7. AM 1060 into your home with Alexa. Hi, I'm Alexa. Download the KDUS AM 1060 skill and enable. Then say, Alexa, open the KDUS AM 1060. This is where I start my day. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Center with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlex HD2 100.7. And uh, in addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time. If you want to jump aboard, we got time and room, 602-260-1060 if you're just tuning in. And uh, I'll answer these que- we'll answer these questions in some shape or form at some point in the next uh, before uh, 1 o'clock today, either in uh, this segment or during the uh, extra point hosted by Kayla. But if you're just tuning in the pipeline today, of course, the poll question, the KDUS1060.com poll question all week long has been, who you got in the Super Bowl? Uh, Kansas City plus two or San Francisco minus two. Uh, as far as the uh, X poll question for today, did the Suns improve significantly before the uh, Thursday trade deadline was complete? Royce O'Neal definitely is going to help them. Did he uh, and does he improve them significantly? The David Roddy thing, if he plays a role for the Suns, the Suns have had a bunch of injuries because he's just not a very good player. Uh, that's just kind of the way that that works. And unfortunately, uh, the NBA, there there were tons of moves yesterday. 15 teams made a play, uh, trade 39 players. Uh, hardly any, if any, of the ESPN and the NBA network insiders, except for the Gordon Hayward trade, really didn't think there was anybody that moved yesterday that's going to be a significant, really, addition heading into the playoff run. Uh, do you think that there was a team that made a, you know, deep playoff run based on what happened yesterday. Do you disagree basically with most of the experts? And they're not always right, as we've learned over the years. Meanwhile, ASU and U of A basketball, Bobby Hurley, what's he need to try to do to fix the the Sun Devils, uh, which had no chance last night. I don't care what the final score was. It was they lost by 12. They were down 21 to 3 last night at Colorado. More on that game in a moment. Also, the U of A wins in triple overtime. Utah had not lost a home game this season until last night. The U of A wins against the uh, the running Utes, and it was the running Utes last night in the second half. I mean, uh, you know, it was three uh, three overtimes, but you know what? That's you know, there were a lot of points scored. Needless to say, those are just some of the topics out there from the pipeline. If you'd like to jump aboard, all right, on the phone lines we go. Vince in Phoenix, what's going on, Vince? Right, talking about that U of A game last night, you know that they've won two road games out of the last four in a row. Uh, what happens in Colorado? Do they fall flat from being uh, playing such a tough game, so many minutes, 
Well, Colorado has not Colorado has not lost a home game either. I mean, Utah and Colorado entered last night with twenty four and zero record home uh, between the two of them. Uh, Colorado also is as healthy as it's been this season. I mean, Williams, their you know, kid that's from from Gilbert, in fact, uh, is projected right. to be a, you know, a first round draft pick in the NBA. There's even one mock draft out there in the last few days that has him the number one overall pick. At the NBA draft, I believe he's played like six games this season for Colorado, but he did play last night, uh, and it looks like he's going to play on Saturday. He makes a big difference for their team. I would think the, the U of A actually played a lot of, you know, they obviously played three overtimes last night, but, you know, their main dudes all got heavy minutes in that game. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, you know, Boswell actually had a very good game, but he injured his shoulder in that game. He did come back and finish it. I wonder if that's the kind of injury where he's hurting more on you know, after the game or on Saturday than he was last night. Well, I agree with what you're saying there, but it uh, it could go both ways. I think that U of A could uh, be strong enough to to hang with Colorado uh, because I think overall they've been playing better in the four games. Um, in particular, someone else made a, I saw an interesting comment last night um, that the, after the, as the game went into overtime, uh, somebody said they thought that uh, this game might as well count in the Big 12 because uh, of the time it was taking. Well, that's a good point. That's true. That that's not that's that's pretty pretty you know clever move by whoever said that. That's that's not bad. Uh, also, uh, both these uh, ASU and the U of A are going to get, uh, they're not going to be good in the Big 12, uh, so they better enjoy this year in the Pac-12. And the Pac-12 this season, and I watched, I've watched i watched every team in the Pac-12 play the last two nights. Uh, and it just kind of validates my opinion. None of these teams are very good. Uh, and I will also almost like almost for sure be picking against all these teams to lose in the first or second round of the NCAA tournament. Okay, and one other quick thing, uh, I, I'm going for with the Chiefs Sunday, but I've been a Chiefs fan since the, particularly the 1970 game when they uh, stunned the world by winning in New Orleans. Uh, yeah, but I think you can't go against the, the quarterback. So, uh, okay. it sounds like you might be leading that way. Well, I, I'm not. I haven't said anything. I've been on the 49ers the entire year since last summer. They're the best team in the NFL. Now, I reserve right to change my mind by 12:30 today. Uh, maybe I'll do that. So I got to tease you along here, Vince, along with everybody else. I can't be letting this well, out now. I've been, I've been, whole, you know, basically zip zipping my mouth here for two weeks about this because I pretty much. Wrote down a score the night of the NFC and AFC championship games. And actually, I haven't even changed the score. Uh, I still have the same score and the same team winning. Okay, well, you got less than two hours, so we'll. Oh, we'll I already. Wait and see. I've, no, I've known for two weeks, but I've, you know, I've done an okay. excellent job. If, uh, I've been held hostage or taken at gunpoint or anything, uh, so I no, nobody knows. Actually, there's one other person that does know. Uh, my, you know, sometimes uh, betting consultant or by betting a partner in uh, many cases, he knows. But other than that, nobody knows who I'm picking this game. Okay, we'll wait and see. Thanks. Okay. 
Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, on to the basketball from last night when we started the Suns without Devin Booker, uh, but they never trailed against the Jazz. Booker was a late pregame scratch because of hip soreness. Uh, the Suns jumped to the Jazz really from the start of the game and won 129-115. to Booker sidelined the Suns offense. Not surprisingly, went through Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant. Uh, Beal finished with 30 points and 7 assists. Durant, 31 points, 7 assists. He also added 8 rebounds in the game. And uh, the only other son to score more than 16 was Eric Gordon, who started in place of Booker. He finished with 19 points last night. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Grayson Allen had a career-high 14 assists, and that's largely because the Suns were like they did Tuesday night uh, against Milwaukee. They were much more up-tempo in this game. They finished the Suns last night with a season-high 30 assists in the contest. Uh, the Suns play Saturday night at Golden State. Now, rarely do I take the time and you know, waste my time, quite frankly, going through the conference standings during the regular season. But one of the days that I almost always do it, if I don't always do it, it's pretty close to every almost, almost always, is the day after the trade deadline to just kind of refresh myself. And I'm actually going to uh, you know, put these in a file where I can refer to them at the end of the season and see who's actually improved and who has not improved since the trade deadline. But after last night and Minnesota winning again last night over Milwaukee, and they like made 103 pointers in that game, Minnesota is now number one in the uh, Western Conference uh, at uh, 36 and 16. Denver is the number two seed because of the tiebreaker. They're both 36 and 16 at this point. Oklahoma City is sitting in the third spot at uh, 35 and 16, as I mentioned. Uh, the ESPN group, uh, the, the insiders on ESPN yesterday, thought that Oklahoma City made a you know real uh, tremendous move, adding Jordan, Gordon Hayward, even though nobody seems to know exactly when he's going to be able to play. Uh, but there's that. The NBA group of uh, so-called insiders and experts, they weren't nearly as enthused about the Hayward thing as uh, the ESPN people. Uh, so the uh, Oklahoma City sitting at their... The Clippers, who were actually first in the conference standings for like a day until they lost earlier this week, they're now sitting at four. Phoenix actually moved up one spot to five last night with the victory at 31 and uh, 21. Oklahoma, uh, excuse me, New Orleans uh, is sitting at the sixth spot. I mean, uh, what you don't want to do is you don't want to finish below six, obviously, because then you fall into the playoff round from the seven and ten teams. So New Orleans certainly uh, right now uh, – they're an interesting team. Uh, they actually usually don't guard people, but I'm told they've played better defense lately, which I don't understand because it's basically the same players. But anyway, uh, New Orleans sitting at 30 and 21. Uh, the uh, the um, Sacramento Kings, uh, who the Suns uh, uh, seem to you know, match up well against, I think, because the Kings don't play defense either. I think the Suns actually have better offensive players. Uh, Sacramento sitting at 29 and 21. They're in seventh place. Dallas, which won again last night. They won at New York against the very depleted Knicks because of the trades and the injuries they have right now. Dallas is number eight team right now, the eighth seed, sitting at 29-23. The, uh, the vaunted Lakers, who did nothing at the trade deadline yesterday, uh, much to the disgust of apparently most of their fans. Uh, the Lakers are sitting at 27-26, and 26, and in Utah after yesterday is now below 500 in the 10th spot at 26 and 27. 
Yeah, my opinion is if you aren't good enough to be above 500, you shouldn't even be in the playing tournament. There should be some kind of rule there. If you're below 500, just go home and pack your bags and get lost. We don't need to watch you anymore. Uh, Golden State sitting at 11. I know that they made a couple of moves yesterday, but nothing really of significance. Uh, Golden State's now, they, they're also under 500 this season, 24, 24 and 25. And after that, you can, in my opinion, just forget these team even, teams even exist, quite frankly. Uh, Houston, Memphis, and Portland, and also uh, San Antonio, which has 42 losses now in the season. Uh, and they're uh, going to get another good draft pick at this point. Uh, so that's the NBA. Uh, on to a little more on the uh, ASU and U of A games from last night. We talked about it briefly uh, a couple times here. First up, ASU, uh, complete no-show last night. They trailed 21-3 at Colorado. Uh, and, and like I mentioned in the pipeline, don't be fooled by the final score of 82-70. to The winner was never in doubt. Uh, Bobby Hurley's team has now lost five straight in seven of the last eight games. What's up with Jose Perez is a big question here. He's been ASU's second-best player this season. He was benched for nearly the entire second half of last Saturday's embarrassing home loss to Cal. Last night, Perez did not start, but did play 30 minutes, and he did nothing. He had two points and two rebounds in 30 minutes. Why was he out there for 30 minutes? He wasn't doing anything after he got benched in the last game. I'm confused. So what should Bobby Hurley try to do to fix ASU? For years, Hurley's teams have almost always displayed maximum effort on the floor. Rarely have I questioned how hard they're playing. Over the past month, there have been several close to no-show performances. The bottom line, I'm now wondering if Hurley has lost this particular team. Um, they just don't seem to be playing with effort. And that was certainly the case last night. Casey Jacobson, the announcer, which uh, Fox, Sports 1, Fox Sports 1 last night, questioned their effort when the game was 5 to nothing. Uh, he was already questioning the ASU effort in that game. Up next, ASU plays on Saturday against Utah, which lost for the first time at home this season and losing that triple overtime game to the U of A, which leads us to the U of A game. Uh, the U of A, uh, uh, it, was, it was a revenge game, the ultimate revenge game last night for Pella Larson, uh, the U of A senior who began his career at Utah, the UVA did blow a 16-point lead in regulation but never trailed the final two overtimes. Larson finished with a career-high 27 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds. The UVA won that game in triple overtime 105-99. Uh, two recently struggling UVA players definitely showed up last night. Kishad Johnson, he finished with 17 points and 9 rebounds. Kylan Boswell, even with an injured shoulder in the second half, finished with 16 points and 5 assists. He did come back and played, I think he played every minute. No, he did not play every minute. They took him out for a couple of defensive possessions, but basically played every minute during the 15 minutes of extra time in the three-overtime game. I think the most significant reason that the Juve won this game is that Utah was awful from the free-throw line. 10 of 21 Utah made 10 out of 21 free throws in a game that it lost in three overtimes. So on Saturday, the U of A plays at Colorado. U of A's had some issues. A lot of teams have had issues at Colorado over the years. 
Uh, Colorado, after last night's win against ASU, 13-0 at home this season. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That will be followed by the conclusion of today's spectacular radio program. We'll have the latest line for Super Bowl 58, and we'll get in as much as we can, a combination riff from the headlines, from the wire, and time pending uh, from some from the NBA scoreboard. You're listening to Sports and with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlex HD2 100.7. Caddy Ray Adams takes you beyond the 18th hole on Saturday mornings with Great American Golf from 6 to 7 a.m. on KDUS AM 1060. It's time for today's National Roundup. And welcome back to the final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. And we start the national roundup with the latest line for Super Bowl 58. And it really hasn't changed much for 10 days, basically. The consensus number uh, has been the Chiefs, two, the total 47 and a half. And uh, I will say once again that the Superbook in Las Vegas at the Westgate uh, for a fifth consecutive day now uh, has the 49ers two and a half. And that seems to be really the only uh, high-volume, high-handle sports book that I've seen anything other than two. Uh, so they're uh, either taking a stand or they're just taking so much money or I'm not, you know, depends on how they're you know, proceeding and they're, what they want to do or what they're trying to attract as far as you know, maybe some little more two, two-way action if they care about that. Some books just take a chance and take a stand and believe in the, uh, you know, what they, they think who they think is going to win the game. Uh, but that uh, they're two and a half still, as of just a few moments ago. I checked during the break. All right, heard through the grapevine. Uh, the 49ers, uh, I'll get this right. Let's start with the uh, let's start with the NBA. The Sixers seems to be a foregone conclusion that they're going to sign Kyle Lowry at some point, uh, you know, get him through the buyout phase or whatever. Uh, he's a Philadelphia guy. This would have been a great move two or three years ago, but Lowry – Certainly, uh, he'd been around a long time. He was a really elite player at one time in his career, but that was at least three or four years ago. I doubt that he could make any difference. Meanwhile, the Mets might sign former Diamondback and still available free agent J.D. Martinez. Uh, Also, uh, Matt Chapman, who's uh, still out there, uh, getting attention from at least the Giants, Mariners, and the Cubs. The Giants uh, certainly have a connection because Chapman's first, uh, really his best years in uh, Major League Baseball came when he was playing with Oakland. And Bob Melvin, who is now the Giants manager, was the manager of the Oakland A's in those days. College football, Bill O'Brien, it appears, is headed to Boston College uh, to be the head coach. Last year was the uh, offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. He recently, within the last month, accepted a job to be the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. 
but now the Boston College looking for a gig. O'Brien's from Boston. Hopefully he didn't sell uh, his home uh, when he got the gig at Ohio State, but it appears he's headed for the Ohio State, leaving the Ohio State University and going to the Boston College. As far as Ohio State, what do they do? It appears that current Akron head coach Joe Moorhead, who's been a head coach a couple places, Mississippi State, also, he's been an offensive coordinator, including at Penn State. Uh, he appears uh, to be a possible replacement at Ohio State to be the offensive coordinator, assuming O'Brien does leave. And last I looked, yeah, that's uh, O'Brien leaving for uh, Boston College, not quite official yet. A couple of uh, things ripped from the headlines. I'm going to steal the ESPN story here and give them full credit when stealing. Uh, Woody Johnson, the Jets owner, uh, pretty much slammed. Uh, quarterback Zach Wilson, and definitely put the heat on Robert Sala and uh, Joe Douglas, the head coach and general manager, uh, mandating that they make the playoffs next year or they're going to be looking for work. Uh, To me, uh, Sala is kind of like Brandon Staley. He should have been fired two years ago. Uh, I saw enough then. I've seen nothing from Sala as a head coach to believe that he's going to be an effective head coach, whether Aaron Rodgers is healthy or not. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. Stay tuned. The next two hours, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. Today, the Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meat and Spirits in uh, Mesa. Uh, plus, obviously, we'll have, uh, among other things, we'll talk a lot of Super Bowl and break that down. Have a Super Bowl prop bed segment with Cal Sapi from Pro Football Network. Then also have more phone call time, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.